started a new uh, um, series last week, Book of Romans. I, uh, in preparation for the message, I was just looking up some, some facts about Rome, and I found this quite interesting. I did not know that um, um, the Romans were world-renowned known for taking baths, but particularly like in big baths, like groups of people, right? So not only did that really, they make that popular, but maybe because they made it popular, um, the, the place where the, I don't know if it was the biggest uh, a pool of water where people got together or it was the most popular place where, where maybe there were different pools of water, whatever, but people would go to this place in Rome and it was called Bath. The city was Bath. And that's literally where we get the name from. We're going to go to Bath to get in the waters and it turned into we're going to take a bath. I found that so interesting. Uh, so Rome gets the, takes the cake for that. Um, the Romans invented or at least uh, uh, made popular or take credit for the invention of concrete books, which is a big statement to make. They take credit for uh, newspapers. And apparently they lay claim to central heating. I could see that maybe like fire and like you got the heat kind of ducts maybe for a couple of rooms. I, you know, I, you know, not like we have today, Noah. Not, not what you're thinking, amen. Uh, they didn't have a Mr. Cool system for sure. Um, as far as concrete goes, they, during the Roman Empire before, while they were still really big, they made a total of 55,000 miles of roads. Think about that. That's not no little, like, you know, Bethlehem of Judea. You know what I mean? Like, Rome, I know they're a big thing, but, man, they made uh, 55,000 miles of roads. That's a lot of roads. They weren't just Rome. They were an empire conquering everywhere. They were, they were huge. Of course, we know Rome was popular for their gladiator fighting. I mean, we all watched the movie. I enjoyed the movie. Amen. Shouldn't say that because there's probably something in there, right? I probably watched the TV version. How about that? Amen. But, uh, amen. And, uh, and one more little silly fact. Um, we, we've seen, like, rich people, like those old cartoons of rich people, like, laying on the couch and, like, people dropping grapes in their mouth, Right? The elite in Rome were known, well, obviously everyone, in the, the rich people in Rome all had servants, and they were like, like servants, you will do anything I tell you to do, servants, right? The elite in Rome were known for, historically, not biblical, just historically, secular now, known for lying on their couches and letting them, their servants feed them. <laughs> How about that? Amen. How about that? Amen. So while Paul is in the city of Corinth, he's writing to the Christians that live in this place called Rome. So when we think about Romans chapter 1, this is, these were the Christians living in a, in a place like that. Amen. Of course, we know that Rome was known for all these Greek mythological, did I say that right? Gods. Amen. All kinds of gods. Let's pick up where we left off last week. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 13. Paul writes, he says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor, or I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. 
So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. Sometimes when I'm reading scripture, I know you guys think that I'm so smart. Just for my, just agree with me, please. But I'm telling you, sometimes I'm reading and I'll read a portion of scripture and literally in my mind I'm thinking, wait, wait, what, what did I just read? Right? And then, and then you're like, you read it again and you try to go slower and that might even happen again. And I'm telling you, there's been times where I've read it over and over. I'm like, Lord, help me. Con-. Sometimes it's concentration because I'm so thinking about Burger King's Double Whopper. Or like some of us heathen in the room might really like McDonald's chicken nuggets. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sometimes it's because we don't understand some of the lingo that they're using and it's throwing us off, right? But what do we do? Do we just keep moving on? No, not when we're studying. Maybe if you're... You know, you're reading and you want to read, that's great, but, 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 but when it's study time, hey, it's okay you get half a verse in, and that's all you ever got for the day. That's okay, as long as we understand what we're reading, because that's how we grow. I need to grow. I need to shrink, but I need to grow. <laughs> Amen. Brother Tony, would you open this message in a word of prayer? Amen. So let's take the next 15 or 20 minutes. We won't be long. Just go over those verses that we just read. Look at verse 14. It says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. What's Paul mean when he's, when he's, when he's talking about barbarians? Who are the barbarians that he's referring to? Anyone else that's not part of his group. <laughs> they call barbarians because they, 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 just, they were dumb. And now, not on my notes, um, and reading commentaries. So there's speculation to this. Not Bible, but commentaries, okay? Um, a lot of speculation that um, um, the Hellen- Hellen- Hellenistic, am I saying that right, Jews, that he was a, a part of um, were like, like over the top, you know, well, we haven't, you know, we fast. Seven days a week, and we're so spiritual. We're just right before he got saved, he was of the religious crowd. When he was before he would call himself Paul, and he was saw he was so high, mighty, and just like you know, I am religious, and you were below here, right? And everyone else was a barbarian. But also to his point, common commentators say, not Bible, that it wasn't just barbarians because they were so high and mighty, but really the culture was awful. Like, I mean, sex and incest and and and, and, and uh, uh, gays and lesbians and, and, and sacrificing your children to the gods of Moloch. I mean, it was a barbaric culture. So it wasn't just that he was absolutely in the wrong being high and mighty and spiritual, because that's wrong, right? We see that nowadays. But it's also they were some awful people. So when he says barbarians, uh, is it a little harsh? Maybe. Was it a little true? Maybe. Amen. Let me move on from that verse. Amen. Uh, 
Paul in saying that he's basically saying, I have a desire to preach to the Greeks and to the barbarians. You know what he's saying? And he's saying, I have a desire to preach to the rich and to the poor, to the ugly, to the beautiful, to the, to the high class, to the low class, to the old, to the young. Because he has a heart for souls. He wants to get the gospel out. Look at verse 15. He says, so as much in, in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at, are at Rome also. And then here we have verse 16. Probably the greatest quote of Paul of all time. Probably. Uh, I, amen. Look at verse 16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It amazes me that there's denominations out there even still today that don't understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. There are people out there today, even today, that call themselves Christians, whether whatever sect or denomination you want to call. Hey, amen. You can be young, you can be old, you can be a Greek, you can be a barbarian, and you can still follow Christ. But the problem is, there's people that call themselves Christians that have no idea what Jesus said about going to heaven. That's a problem. In 9.99 times out of 100, plus 2, it's always, you know what, here's a tradition that you need to follow. You do these man's traditions, and then, then you'll be one of God's children. You, we're not all God's children. Right. Jesus made that very clear. Paul made that very clear. You have to, be, to become a child of God, there has to be a moment of spiritual birth. Right. If there's a moment in your life when you, you've given your life to Christ, you will know it. It's not just a general thing like, well, I've believed in God for so long. It's not like, what's it called when you've been married for like seven years? Law of marriage, what's it called? Common law of marriage? <laughs> That's not how salvation is. Well, I've been a member of Hope Baptist Church for 30 years. That doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You know, just because you're a martyr for the cause of Christ doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Think about it. There may have been some people that stood with their church and may have burned at the stake because they believed that whatever their bishop, elder, pastor, priest said, and if it wasn't, if it was outside of being born again, accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, they martyred and went to hell. Think about that. It's a serious thing. It's not just, oh, I believe in God. No, Satan and his angels believe, uh, Satan and his demons believe in God. Amen. I gotta, I gotta move on. I, uh, amen. Um, and here's what I want to get to. Turn to Galatians 3.13. We'll be there in a moment. That is so cool. I, I haven't got over that yet. I have, there's no pages turning. Amen. Unless nobody's following along. I guess that's possible too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, there, are, there are Christians that believe that the Jews and Gentiles are different. And I, I get it. That was before the cross. But in Christ, we are all the same. It's not debatable. We are all the same, and we share in the same promises. Uh, I'm reading a book currently about heaven at night. I've, I've been reading it, and uh, it's hard for me because I have always despised reading, Tim. I mean, like, I hate reading. I've always hated reading. I, I, I'm not one to, to, to and I, I check Fox News about every day and try to keep up on it, but I, I don't enjoy that. Like some people, some people love politics. You know, some people just love to read. I don't. So it's, I have to work at it. 
I'm in my third book in the last couple of years, and that's like a lot for me. So I'm reading this book on heaven, and there's things that the author is saying that's just like, wow, take a speculation and run with it, right? Um, or or, or oh, let me not get on that. <laughs> things in my mind about the book. Um, there's, good, there's great things of it. I want to take things that are biblical and, and, and learn from it, amen. But, but, but in the book, he said, made a statement that Jews uh, in the millennial reign will be reigning over the Gentiles. And after the millennial reign, he, he, he alluded to. I just, I just, I just want to, and, and he put a huge difference between the Jews and the Gentiles in, in the promises. But look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. I, I got encouraged at this. Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ has redeemed us. This is Paul, by the way, uh, in a letter to the Galatians. He says, Christ has, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, this is important, might come, from, come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Drawing a correlation to the Gentiles and Abraham and through Christ, right? Right? Look at verse 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be uh, but a man's covenant, yet, it, if it be, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth nor, nor, nor at, or addeth thereto. I'm trying to go too fast. Verse 16. Look at this. Now to Abraham... And his seed were the promises made. I mean, there's no doubt about that, man. God made promises to Abraham. In fact, when he made promises to Abraham in the, in the uh, uh, Abrahamic covenant, if I can say that right, man, what an awesome thing. I mean, God had like a lane of fire. It, it, it's a whole, read it. It's awesome. It's awesome. He says, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to the seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is who? Christ. Jump to Galatians uh, 3.22. 3, it says, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Now, now I, just, I want to point something out. What scripture is Paul talking about here? Whenever we see him talk about scripture, what are they talking about? Old Testament. Old Testament. Because it's easy to forget that. I mean, tough scripture is the... Right? And a completed canon is what we would call it. I mean, we talk about Genesis through Revelation, man, the whole New Testament. And, and by the way, without the Old Testament, the New Testament wouldn't even make sense. Thank God for the Old Testament. That, that's, that's Scripture. That's the Word of God. And that's what the disciples had. And that's what Paul's referring to. So to our dispensational friends, as I say sometimes, let's just change the word Scripture to Old Testament. Just for a moment, just for our clarification. I'm not changing scripture. I'm just saying for our clarification. Let's read it as Old Testament. And it says this. But the Old Testament has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Woo, that encouraged me. Couldn't sleep for a while for it. But it's not done. Paul's not done talking about it. Look at uh, Galatians uh, 3.26. He goes on to talk about the same thing. It's really clear. He says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. All of us. He's putting, them all, putting us all together. From, from where? From Genesis to Revelation. Look at verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Miss Darla, I'm not any better than you are. I think I am so often. <laughs> like all the time. No, but we're the same in Christ. 
It doesn't matter if we're bond or free, you're black or white, you're man or woman. We're all in one in Christ. It doesn't matter if you're Old Testament or New Testament. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or Gentiles, what he's saying. We're all one in Jesus Christ. Amen. But, but, but he's not done. He's not done. Oh, where, where is it? He's, uh, look at verse 29. Just to be clear, he says, And if ye be Christ, which we are, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. In Christ, we are all the same. So to say in the millennial reign, the Jews were going to have authority over us, where are you getting that from? We're all the same in Christ. We're in the same. We are heirs according to the promises given to Abraham. Paul made it really clear there in Galatians chapter 3. The, the promises weren't given to national Israel. Because I hear that. That's a dispensational argument. No, no, it's given to national Israel. No, no, it was always true Israel. Always true Israel. Just because you were born a Jew did not mean you were one of God's children. Ever. They still think that today. It's always spiritual Israel, true Israel. Look at Romans chapter 9, verse 6. It says, not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. You guys see that? Not everyone that's a member of Hope Baptist Church is going to heaven. Because it's Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a martyr or what you say. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, you do not go to heaven. Amen. Look at Romans 9, 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh... These are not the children of God. He's saying it's not national Israel, but of the children of promise are counted for the seed. Jump to 4.16. Romans 4.16. Or jump back to Romans 4.16. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, which is the father of us all. Paul, a Gentile, who is saying the father of us all. Look at Romans 1.17. Back to our text. He says, for therein the righteousness of God, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is, as it is written, the just shall live by Faith. I remember coming to this some years ago and pondering that. Faith to faith. For the, right, for the righteousness of God is revealed. You know, it's from faith to faith. You know what that means? From Miss Kathy's faith, the righteousness of God is revealed through you. From your faith to your faith, God's showing himself. To your faith, to your faith, to your faith, God's showing himself. Through our testimony, through living through Christ, God's doing a work through us. From faith to faith. And that's encouraging, right? But so much worse in the opposite direction. Look in the next verse. It talks about God's wrath and how that's revealed. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. And so is the wrath of God revealed in all those who don't trust in Christ. By their works you shall know them. Even a child is known by his doings. God's going God's to do a work in your life and it's going to show. Or, or what's the alternative? Because there's no in between. Or Satan's going to be doing a work in your life. 
And it's going to show and it's going to be evident. Just how faith to faith. How do I say this? We're going to wind down the message in just a moment, but. Just how, how God reveals himself through us from those who are saved and born again. Not those who are members of a church. Not, not to the Jews before the cross that were just born a Jew. No, no. But those who are true Israel. Those who are children of God, right? Just in the same way, God reveals his wrath through unrighteousness. And even though they don't accept Jesus as their personal Savior, they know that He's the Savior even, they, even though they don't accept Him. And you say, well, how, how can that be? How can that make any sense if they don't know the Lord? No, they know that Jesus Christ is Lord. You say, that makes no sense, Pastor. No, that is biblical. And Paul explains it in this next verse. Look at verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. Who's he talking about? Those who aren't saved. They hold the truth in righteousness uh, in, un, in unrighteousness. That means what? There's no true atheists. Oh, I believe that people will say there's no God and believe that, but they have suppressed what they know to be true. In Romans 1:19 is the answer to that. You, that, that answers the question. What about that tribe that never heard the gospel? Because there has been times throughout history that no doubt there's been times when American missionaries never made it to this part of the world. Right? We don't count anything else. That God couldn't have got anybody else there. Or God couldn't. Man, there's stories that missionaries tell. Man, we should have missionary conferences here in the future. Amen. That'd be amazing. But there's stories I've heard missionaries tell that when they got to their field and it would be like some right, crazy, faraway place in the middle of nowhere, these jungle tribes where, where man has basically never been or never been white men. And they'll hear stories about how there was a person or a group of people that knew that there must have been a God and they were worshiping that God, but they didn't know what his name was and they were praying that somebody would come show them who the real God was. And God did. I've heard several stories of that, but Tony probably knows them off the top of his head. Amen. Amen. Even the lost person knows that there's a God. God has revealed it to him. God manifests himself. I looked up the word manifest and I just got excited. It means plain, open, clearly visible to the eye or obvious to the understanding. Apparent, not obscure or difficult to be seen or understood. I just want to read the verse again, knowing that. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. The Calvinist, with the mindset of not having a heart to spread the gospel, which we could all improve on, and I'll stand first in line in saying that. The Calvinist that thinks that God already knows he's going to get saved and not going to get saved, so why even bother? Why, why invite Tim out to church? Why invite anybody? Why ever give a gospel tract to anybody if God just knows what's going to happen in their life if they're going to get saved or not or whatever? Well, in Jude it says, and some have compassion, 
making a difference. I thank God that America is birthed. And we need to shout that from the rooftops to the, the left. America is birthed in Christianity. Are there bad apples here and there? Of course there is. But this is a Christian nation. I thank God that we have such a great opportunity that, that there's, there's on average three Bibles in every home or every person owns three Bibles, maybe what it is. That we were so blessed to live in a Christian nation where it's easier to understand the gospel. We have more opportunities to learn it, amen, to get saved. Everyone that's ever been born and living now and ever will be born will have an opportunity to call on God. But what a blessing it would be if we, we went out and gave more gospel and, and, and gave more Bibles out and more Bible tracts and sang on the corner with our guitar or whatever to get the gospel out. Let's close with this verse, I think. Yeah, let's close with this verse. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, even his, his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. He's saying not only did God write it on their heart, he manifested in them that they know that there's a God. They know that there's a Savior. And not only that, but God made it so clear just by the creation that they're without excuse. I made no bones about it. The first ten chapters, and I'm done less than two minutes here. First 10 chapters of Genesis has always been like, I, I kind of like that a lot. It's kind of like Shark Week. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. But 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 in Genesis, you have a concentrated history of creation. And oh, we'd love more details, you know, of course. But as we learn science, the more that we learn science, the more it points to a creator. And we learn things like Atoms, how they're invisible to our eye. But yet the entire world, as far as we know, is made up of atoms. That's what we call it. That's as far in depth as we can see, right, is atoms. And that makes up everything, right? With that knowledge, it changes how I read this verse. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. I don't know if that's talking about what we would call atoms. I don't know. It's a thought to ponder. Adams might be part of that. But there is no excuse. God manifests himself to every man, woman, child that's ever been born, putting the knowledge of God in their hearts and reinforcing that knowledge with the creation itself. That ought to encourage us when we're giving the gospel out, just out into the world, when we're doing the flea market or something. They already know that there's a God. They're just suppressing it. Right? Folks, we serve a God. That's wonderful. And he already thought of all these things before mankind thought, well, wait a minute. What about to the native tribes that never heard of God? God already thought about that. God already thought about it a long time ago. Because you know what? He's smarter than us. And if we just if we just take the time to just take him at his word and quit trying to do things our way, maybe, just maybe, God would do a great work in our lives. God could do a great work in our church. Amen. Amen. Brothers Dollars, I'd be honored if you'd close this message in a word of prayer.
Just say y'all dismiss. No. Uh, prayer requests. Amen.